Welcome to issue 49 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a good look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters, unfairly labeled villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those quote-unquote heroes intent on thwarting them, (laughs) but probably not. I'm one of your hosts, Mike, and joining me tonight is Daniel. Good evening, sir. Good evening, Daniel. Good to see you. Good to see you. And Steve. How's it going? Hey, guys. Did you know that 49 is one away from an arbitrary milestone? Ooh, there's a a zero at the end of it. It's a milestone. That's right. But 49 is not in itself a milestone. So this is a totally normal episode. I understand you have a quote for us. I have a quote from my friend Phil. You guys know him. He came to Con the Rings with me. And he has a, a pretty fun one here. So why don't we all just listen in? Villainy wears many masks. None so dangerous as the mask of virtue. Ichabod Crane, Sleepy Hollow, 1999. Oh, Phil, well done. (laughs) The voice is great. Uh, Uh, When I I first heard it, I thought it was like a Batman quote. (laughs) It was not. (laughs) But it's not. It's not. Well, that's great. Yeah. Thanks, Phil. Good to hear from you again. Yep. Yeah, if you want to send us a quote, we're going to tell you how to later on in the show. Please do. We love our... We love... Throwing that net wide for villains. It's so good. Yeah, that was great. Thank you, Phil. Definitely our first Washington Irving quote. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, Steve, you also seem to have a gang up for us. What's up? A gang up. We haven't done one of these in a while. It has been a while. This is where we uh, spotlight some other content maker out there for Marvel Champions. Uh, And I just wanted to mention a really nice website and blog out there. The tabletop time sinks. So you can Google tabletop time sinks or it's tabletoptimesinks.com. They have a really nice page set up where they do a bunch of villain focused articles. They'll give you like a spotlight, talk about the cards and the villain and their take on how that, you know, what they think about the villain as a whole. They'll also pick a villain and they'll play against it and log all their gameplays and they'll do it against that same villain with all four aspects. So how does it, you know, how does Crossbones play against aggression? How does it play against justice uh, leadership? Yeah, it, it's really neat. It's well-written. It looks great. Um, and as another, uh, you know, villainous sort of thing out there, I thought we had to give them a thumbs up. So, yeah. Yep. And uh, I'll put their link in the show notes so you can check it out. Tabletoptimesinks.com. I'm quiet because I'm looking at this for the first time. This is cool. Yeah. Okay. I don't understand the name. I think their time, they're sinking their time into their tabletop gaming. I see. I That's see. my guess. That's what I took away from it. So, well, yeah, when you wake up and it's tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> like back when I used to play Civ 3 on the computer. Yeah. 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 Huh. I thought, I think there were stars the last time I looked out. Yeah. All right. Well, guys, you know what tonight is, right? Is it more story night? It's another Shadow of the Past issue, guys. Now, Ant-Man has recently come out. And uh, you all had a chance to play Ant-Man? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lots. Yeah, good. I, I, did, I did last night for the first time ever. He's uh, 0-1 for me, but I don't think it's his fault. But anyway, I'm here to tell you about his nemesis, 
Darren Cross, a.k.a. Yellow Jacket. Now, before I begin, guys, I'm going to tell you right now, the research I did was mainly finding things about the plot of the movie. And I have not seen the movie, but then the further research I did, the movie seems to kind of confirm the backstory, the, the comic backstory a little bit, but it doesn't quite go into the actual origins of the Yellow Jacket suit so much. So I'll, I'll say something about that at the end of what I cobbled together. You guys ready for this? Yeah. Darren Cross? Of course. Right. Yeah. Well, let's right. get stung here. Okay. <laughs> that was that was terrible. brilliant. Okay. No, brilliant in its terribleness. All right. Here we go. Darren Cross. Well, to put it simply, guys, Darren Cross is a genius. He's no stool for the mob or a basic thug like some of our, our villains have been. This guy graduated from MIT when he was 20. That's just one year older than Mustafa was when he graduated. And he even possesses that fatal flaw that all geniuses share. If there's something he doesn't know that he thinks he should know, it becomes an obsession. And for that, I'm going to need to back up a little bit. So right out of college, he's hired by Hank Pym. Now, you guys know Hank Pym, yeah? He made the <laughs> Pym particles. He did, but he denied that for a long time, Mike. So Pym hires him because you know, he was a brilliant young mind, poised for greatness, blah, blah, blah. But at some point or another, you know, Darren hears rumors about the Pym particle, hears rumors about this suit and all this type of stuff. And like kind of keeps badgering Pym about this thing called the Pym particle. But Hank Pym denied its existence over and over. He's like, I don't know what you're talking about. You're making that up. You must be misinformed, whatever. And so, you know, a genius who knows that there's something more and someone telling him it's not there, it just it just sticks with him, right? You wouldn't think these heroes would lie to people like like Hank is, right? Right. Yeah, he's yeah. but he must have had his reasons, okay? So, Cross desperately desires to know how this thing works. Um he knows it's there. And so what he does to give himself more time, he takes the logical step of kicking Pim out of his own company and becoming the new CEO of Cross Technologies. Then his research into the particle begins in earnest. So he's got all the time in the world to, to figure out how this thing works. During my research, one thing that was a little cloudy to me was what was like Darren Cross's motivation for creating and perfecting this miniaturization particle just for the sake of weaponizing it. It's like he wasn't like in financial straits. He wasn't a jilted lover. He like nothing. Like it just turns out, and I don't know if I can say this on, on our show, Steve, but I think he was just kind of a. But anyway. Okay, but anyway, so he wants to see if he can do it. Then he wants to he he, he wants to do something with this pin particle, make it even better, stronger, whatever. And then he just wants to sell it basically to the highest bidder, the shadiest group he can find. And in the end, I guess one of his motivations is to revolutionize, and I'll put that in little air quotes, modern warfare for for whatever for whatever reason. He believes he's perfected the Ant-Man suit with his new one called Yellow Jacket. And when I get to the end, I'm going to talk like this Yellow Jacket suit has been around, but I don't know that the movie pays homage to that necessarily. Anyway, it works great, except for there's there's one tiny little bug. Ooh, that was yeah. a good pun. Yeah. I didn't even mean it. One, <laughs> one little bug in the suit. If you wear the Yellow Jacket suit too long, uh, it'll drive you insane. You know, that kind oh, of thing. Oh, yeah. Just well, a minor, like a minor drawback or whatever. Because of something in the suit or because it's missing a key piece of technology? That's a great question that I encourage you to look up. 
Um, <laughs> no, I, I think uh, much is made in the story about sort of the, the wiring of the suit. So I think it might have something to do with that. Or like, I don't know, maybe the particle leaks out. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. You, you, you mess with this stuff, Mike, and it's dangerous. You know? That's why not just everyone makes a yellow jacket suit. You know? Yeah. So anyway, because he's a jerk, he goes over to Pim's house to gloat about his awesome new suit and then to kill him. But he can't go through with it because Hope Van Dyne, who's Pim's daughter, is there. Now, that name Van Dyne we know from somewhere, right? It's the wasp. Wasp. That's the wasp, right? So she's there and she cannot, he just can't do it. But now maybe you fellows know why that matters because I don't. Like, apparently it's kind of a love interest sort of thing. But it might be might be more than that. I always got the impression there was some unrequited love there. Unrequited, yeah. Um, so since he won't kill her dad in front of her because I guess he likes her so much, he instead invites Pim to like the unveiling ceremony for the suit at uh, Cross Technologies, the headquarters there. There's a ceremony that night, and it's there that he intends to kill Pim. All right, get him alone or whatever, and, and take him out. Well, you know the villain shows up and basically puts his cards on the table, so. Pim now has knowledge of what Cross is up to. And so then Ant-Man, who in this one is, is Scott Lang, sneaks into Cross Technologies and plants a bunch of bombs around. Cross captures Ant-Man, shoots Pim in the chest, but Pim survives. And he thinks he gets away in a helicopter after he makes some plan to sell the suit to Hydra. All right. Are you guys following this so far? I understand it's a little convoluted. Yep. Okay. So turns out, though, that... Scott Lang, Ant-Man, followed him to the chopper, and the two eventually, they have this mighty brawl inside the chopper, but then they both miniaturize, and it turns out they have the brawl mostly inside of a briefcase, and I just thought that that was a beautiful image, having not seen the, the movie, if that's what happens. Like, in my mind, that's just great. I see them, oh, like, oh, yeah. Yeah. rolling around sheets of paper and cell phones or whatever else is in there. Giant lifesavers. Yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. I, I have to watch this movie now. As they're fighting, the bombs go off down below, destroys cross technologies. And in this ensuing fight in the briefcase, Ant-Man kills Cross by so like Ant-Man shrinks down to like some tiny like subatomic particle size thing. And he like rewires the yellow jacket suit to make it so Darren Cross keeps shrinking and shrinking and shrinking until he eventually is ripped apart. I thought that was pretty cool. Reminds me of the the Greek myth of Sybil. Do you guys know that one? But the, the woman who wishes for eternal life but forgot eternal youth and so lives forever but can like <laughs> shrinks into a tiny little like ball, right? Like a withered, a withered little ball. <laughs> so, okay, so that's the movie story. Whew. All right, so there's some stuff from the comics that precedes all this. Cross is actually the third person to actually wear the suit. So question, like answers that you guys might know that I don't is like, though I know who wore the suit before and when it started and all that kind of stuff i don't really understand how they make it show up at pim technologies or whatever his place is or how cross necessarily like gets it so the first mention of the yellow jacket has something to do with ultron in 1968 and then pim kills ultron and gets the yellow jacket suit and he's actually the first person to ever wear it and he sort of wants to do good with it because he wants to make up for like atone for Ultron's destruction and all that kind of stuff. Then it goes to this super villainous super who becomes a superheroine, this woman named Rita DiMara, who there just wasn't very much on. So I don't know much about her at all, but 
just her name and the fact that she's a villainess and we don't have enough of those. I want to learn more about her. I like that the suit in, in the comics, I like that the suit's been around a lot and that Cross merely kind of reworks it into a more of a weapon or something like that. But so that's what I know. And I and I admit it's it's not a lot, but I think he seems to work pretty well from what I understand of Scott Lang's story to be his nemesis. I guess I, I guess I think Yellow Jacket's okay. He's not super interesting. Like, you know, we're drawn to those backstories that kind of resonate with us on some other personal level or like, oh, I can see why he became a bad guy. It's not really there for him. I never, because I couldn't figure out what pushed him to do what he did, like what his intentions were. Did he just do it because he could? Like, because he's smart and wanted to rework something or wanted to be a better scientist? It's a little unclear to me. The suit, though, might have a more compelling backstory that I kind of want to dive into at some point. But Cross himself, a little less. There's some stuff about like a mentor-mentee relationship with Pim that's kind of cool, like uh, the son I never had sort of thing, or like I've disappointed my mentor kind of thing. Like I started doing all this stuff and because I wanted to impress Pim, but it went, it backfired. And then, and, but that's not really made a big deal of from the research I did. Maybe the movie like really sells that. It sounds a little bit too like trying to impress your mentor and then your mentor turns his back on you or won't give you his secrets, right? So, oh, well, here's this thing that you love and try to mm. protect it. And now I'm going to corrupt it and uh, do what I want with it. You never want me to have it. And now I'm going to let everybody have it kind of right. thing. So, this, is, this is what you get for keeping for something revenge. from me. Yeah. Um, I guess that's interesting. I don't know. What do you what do you guys think? You you probably know a lot more about this guy than I do, so what do you think? Not so much. I, I confess I haven't read the Ant Man side of the comics. Uh but I believe from the movie it was mainly professional jealousy that drove him. And pretty much what what Steve said, the uh you wouldn't let me have this technology, okay, I'm gonna do what I want with it. Yeah, it it's interesting because this is one of our nemesis backstories here where there seems to be more in the movie than maybe in the comics. There was not much in the comics, not much yeah. at all in the comics. Now, Steve, you had instructed me to, to talk about Darren Cross specifically. And was that because, why, why was that? I was under the impression that this reality jacket is Darren Cross. Okay. And not the Rita DeMaria. It's, Rita DeMar, yeah. Have you heard of her? Like, do we know anything about her or no? No, I just did a quick look. Yeah, okay. Well, we know that with the relationship between FFG and Marvel that they do, you know, pay homage to the to the movies when they come up with these villains. Sure, sure. Yeah, and the artwork from the cards looks like the suit from the movie. So it, it makes sense. And they're going with, you know, Ant-Man Scott Lang, who is the focus of the Ant-Man movie. So it all kind of... Uh, comes full circle that it would be Darren Cross and not mm -hmm. a different version of Yellow Jacket. So awesome. So I mean, you know, there he is. Yellow Jacket appeared in 1968. The suit, anyway, with Ultron, I think, was the okay. the earliest date I could find in the Avengers. Okay. So does that predate the directing crew? I don't know. I don't know. It's at 68, right? Yep. Yeah, I think it does. Wrecking Crew, I believe, was in the 70s, 74. Oh, that's right. 74. So like all these things been around a lot longer than you'd imagine let's talk about his this nemesis set see how good it does it's going to be tricky i think to tie theme into this but maybe you guys will be better at it than i than i was going over the cards today okay oh i'm excited i really like this encounter set all right well we have 
a standard nemesis set, so it's going to have six cards if you count the obligation. Uh, I'll do the obligation. How's that sound? Okay. Thank you. So the obligation is care for Cassie. Give to the Scott Lang player. You may flip to alter eagle form and choose. Exhaust Scott Lang. Remove care for Cassie from the game. Or choose and discard one card from your hand. You cannot change form until your next turn ends. Discard this obligation. And has two boost icons. So it's got the basic option to remove it, right? Flip and exhaust, get rid of it. But then it has this interesting choice for the second option where you could just discard a card that you get to pick. Then you can't change forms for a whole turn. And that's the worst part. Yeah, because you want to be flipping with Ant-Man back and forth. All the time. All yeah. the time. That, that second choice is bad, but it, maybe it's... It's not the end. Like some of them are get stunned and have surge, and you know, this right. is like okay, one card stinks and not being able to change form, but you can still function. Hopefully, you're in the right form. Right. I mean, as long as you're well, you're not going to be in the right form. You're going to be Scott Lang. Well, yeah, you don't have so to flip. There's Scott Lang, right? You may flip. Yeah, you may flip. You don't want to because if you flip to Scott True. Lang, you're not coming back to hero form that turn. Well, no, but you have to flip to Scott Lang if you're going to remove care from Cassie from the game. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Right? Yeah the, yeah, the first bullet point. So if you make you know, if you make that choice, you draw this card and you're like giant-sized, maybe that's fine. You know? That's okay. I was just going to play these attack cards next turn and like stomp on somebody anyway. Whatever. Right. But yeah, the fun of the deck is flipping all the time. And like he has all those cards that flip him multiple times in a turn. And, and he yeah. has cards that require him to use his base abilities like when he's in giant form he should be attacking right i can see this happening where you've got you're in tiny form and you've got two giant stomps in your hand we're like well i you know i got nothing i could do uh, the the one neat piece of this is if you do flip to alter ego form scott lang says when you flip to this form as a response heal a point of damage so you, <laughs> you know you gotta yeah. get a heal off of it so. I've always felt that that first option should be a little worse, since you're getting rid of this card from the game. I mean, in this case, imagine that you cannot change form as part of the first option. Well, I mean, all these all these obligations seem like narratively they were intended to be very minor roadblocks for your time. Right. Right. So. Yeah, they want you to go back into alter ego form uh, to slow down your tempo a little so, bit. Yeah, I think that's right, right. and. And have a turn of doing nothing, right? So, but I've, as far as obligations go, this one's a little more thoughtful than others. In that, it, there's a question sometimes. Yeah. I've gotten yeah. stuck where I exhausted to defend against an attack, and you can't choose the first one. So now I'm stuck, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yeah, that that's, happens a lot because he's got high defense in that giant form. Yeah. Yep. Okay, Daniel, why don't you, you tell us about the man of the hour? Well, all right, here we go. Yellow Jacket is a minion, two scheme, two attack, four health, criminal traded. While you are in giant hero form, Yellow Jacket gains the giant trait and retaliate one. While you are in tiny hero form, Yellow Jacket gains the tiny trait and gets plus one attack. And he comes with two boost icons. That's it. I like the text because when you're in giant form, you're attacking. And when you're in tiny form, you don't have defense. So the text is awesome. Yeah, I think it comes great. down to our usual question. Does he stick around long enough? 
Never. I don't think he does. Yeah, four health. Ant-Man can flip from tiny into giant, use giant strength to go up to four health. And that's Zoss, it. Take him out, and you don't even trigger the retaliate. You don't trigger retaliate if you take him out? If the the villain or the minion has to survive the attack in order to retaliate. Oh, I've been playing that wrong. Yeah, so if you can finish him off, you don't take that retaliate. So, um, But if he doesn't have that, and he's only a three, you know, then you're going to get... Do... I mean, I scroll down here, and I'm not seeing how Yellow Jacket himself earning these traits matters. Like, no, oh, it's just sort of a flavor thing, I think. Yeah. Just flavor? All right. Yeah, he's, he's going to match you no matter what size you're in. Right, right. Because he can um, do it, too. He's just made, letting you know that. Right. I would give him the one thing that we think that all Nemesis should have, and that's Quick Strike. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. I, at least make him matter. These Nemesis with four health... It's it's sad. Four health and no quick strike anyway. Like that really is a one shot from almost anybody. But oh well. There's a few out there that's gonna take, you know, if if you haven't had a chance to get giant strength, you will hit him once, take that retaliate, then have to do something else to him. Um unless mm-hmm. you start off in tiny form, hit him with an ant army, then flip over and punch him for three. How fun would it be if the encounter card step happened before the villain's attack step? No, I like the I like the fact that you have to think about the defense before that card flips. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but then no one else is attacking you, so it's not. Yeah. Right. Well, anyway, that's Yellow Jacket. I'm um now, Mike. You said you liked this set a lot, but I'm going to go on record as being a little unimpressed with Yellow Jacket himself. So there. What can I tell you about the side scheme? Would you please? Okay, this is tech theft. Three boost icons. All right, we're off to a good start. We like that. Okay, it begins with two threat per player. Yellow Jacket has stolen priceless PIM particle technology. Okay, awesome. We have our our flavor text that doesn't match the actual text. Great. Treat the printed text box of each tech player card as if it were blank. Boom. (laughs) Oh! It's missing one phrase, including the traits. Just just to twist the knife a little more into Tony Stark. Uh, Wow. It's is this the first Nemesis side scheme that actively texts against more than one hero? Um, not really. Miss Marvels. I mean, there could be other supports and personas in the world. Yeah, you know, like, but this is so good. It's good, yeah, it is good. <laughs> I wish his this entire modular deck set was just five copies of this card. <laughs> um, it's really good. And I want to go on record that it's not theft because Cross owned the company. Just saying. Oh, yeah. Yeah. This is clearly from a hero's perspective. Obviously. This hero-centric universe. So, pop quiz. How many player tech cards are there in the game? In the game? Well, Jesus. I would guess in the 20s. Mike? That's my guess, guess, Mike. (laughs) Going through my mind, who has tech cards? I'm going to go 15. Daniel is closer. If you really? include if you include the tech cards from the campaign, there's twenty four. Oh, the campaign. There's twenty four if you include those. So you could pull those four out. So you're down to twenty. Wow. I believe twenty is in the twenties. I think was it is, my yeah. guess. Yeah. So you have yeah because Star- protection has a bunch, right? Oh yeah. Yep. Ant Man has some. Black Widow has some. Hulk even it, it came in Hulk's pack. Electrostatic armor is tech. Yeah. Right? Yeah. What about Spider-Man's uh, tracker and his wrist 
Oh, those could yeah. be tech. Those could, those, uh, the, yep, the one is tech. Uh, spider Tracers are tech. Yep. Black Widow, Spider-Man, Iron Man, obviously Ant-Man. Wasp will be coming yeah. out with some. Yeah. There's tech all over the place. Yeah. Wow. Like even Captain Marvel's helmet is tech. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad it doesn't blanket as a resource. All right. <laughs> yeah. This is so, like, Ant-Man's helmet, his little gauntlets, both of those are great cards. I love the helmet. I think that's a necessary piece. And there he is, Yellow Jacket, taking the helmet on in the art. It's like that that helmet gives you that card draw. It compensates for your small hand size. It, it doesn't, you know, you're not able to heal. It, this is a must clear, I think, for yeah. Ant-Man and anybody else. Yeah. So. I, I kind of wish it was more than two per player, but I get it. Yes. It's I ruining it. your turn. Like, regardless, it's ruining your turn. Yeah. Because... I mean, Tiny Ant-Man clears this in solo just by existing. So that's kind of a bummer, but... Yeah, but the way the nature of the turn order, I mean, if you're going after Tony Stark and Spider-Man, you know, you're, you're ruining the day for them. Yep. Yeah, because if, <laughs> if you go first or whoever, whenever this comes up, if you're playing with Tony Stark and he's low on health, uh, his rocket boots don't give him hit points anymore. His chest armor doesn't give him hit points anymore. He could just he could die. die from he home. could die from this. <laughs> oh. mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. would be the greatest thing ever. Yep. Um, oh, I, I didn't even think about that. That's fantastic. Yeah, he's down like eight, you know six or seven hit points, and boom, no more bonus hit points. You're done. You know what would be a fun like house rule, expert rule, that only the hero whose nemesis it is can take threat off of the side scheme for their nemesis. Oh, that's neat. And attack the minion. And attack the minion. So you have a keyword called nemesis, which means that card could only be targeted by the associated nemesis. Oh my god. Yeah, I like this one. Okay, put it in the books. Okay. This book's getting rather rather heavy. (laughs) The Critical Encounters House rulebook, pretty large. Pretty big. Although I think we stopped writing them down. I, I, I feel like I offer one a show and that most of them just go into the void. But they are recorded and posted. They are recorded. And, yeah, um, they're there. Yeah. Um, but this one I actually like a lot. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Although imagine you, you've got some like Hulk aggression deck or whatever and only he can take care of it. And it's like a four player game. <laughs> That's kind of mean, but I like it. Anyway. Steve, why don't you tell us about this awesome condition attachment? Size increase. There are two of these in the deck. It is an attachment. It has plus two scheme, plus two attack. Has a it's a condition attachment attached to Yellow Jacket if able. If you mm. cannot, attach to the villain. It has uses as three size counters on it, and has a force response. After attached enemy activates, remove one size counter from here, and has one boost icon. So this is pretty cool. So good. It goes on Yellow Jacket or the villain, and they get plus two, plus two for three activations. Basically, yeah, is how that works. This is reason to keep Yellow Jacket around. Yeah. Mm. I, I don't want this on Yellow Jacket. For once, I want this on the main villain. And it hurts. I had this on Crossbones with three other weapons. Oh, yeah. So you keep Yellow Jacket around until this shows up off the deck, attaches to him, and then you kill him. Then you kill him. Oh, yeah. there's two of these. I know there's two of them, but like... Yep. Well, but but you won't draw two of them. There's no way. What are you talking about, Mike? Haven't you heard of Yellow Jacket's plan? Oh! 
<laughs> All right. This is a treachery. When revealed, discard cards from the encounter deck until a card from the Ant-Man Nemesis set is discarded this way. Reveal that card. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yep. So can there be two of these on Yellow Jacket? Yeah. There can, there right? Could, it, doesn't yeah. one, it doesn't say one per. All right, so. There could be two on the villain. Oh, that's exciting. And there's no way to get rid of it. No. That's why I love on, it. Man. That's why you keep Yellow Jacket there. You can kill him. Three size counters. If this has more ammo in it than the machine gun. Yeah, because that is no joke, those boosts. Plus two? In either form. Yeah. I... Yellow Jacket's plan is so much fun because you get rid of Yellow Jacket, you get rid of Tech Theft, and then it's like it goes off and gets get those two back as well. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. Not, only, yeah. not only that, but it could discard 20 cards of the deck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, there's only four of those cards in there for it to... Oh, jeez. Let's, let's just put Tech Theft back in the deck if you, if you beat it that quickly. No, it's great. Absolutely great. Mike, yeah. I, I'm with you. This is a fantastic modular set. The, the, low, the low card of it is the Nemesis. Indeed. Um, yep, yep. And maybe that thematically goes with the backstory about it. I didn't like him anyway. <laughs> You know, I, I mean, he, his goal was to distribute tech to other people, right? And he's doing that. Yeah, he is. he's and selling it, bad, distributing it to bad people. Yeah, yeah. Oh, this is a fun set. So I want to take a second on Yellow Jacket's plan and comment how Crossfire is in the background there. Uh, William Cross, Darren's cousin, who we did a show on about already. So, oh uh, yes, in the red and white, there he looks like a medic, but he's not. I was going to say, that I don't remember him looking like that. Yep, that you can kind of see he's got a cybernetic eye and those little red pieces supposed to be his cross, cross fire. And, um, so I didn't mention this in the backstory, but to the right, I believe that villain might be Egghead. Yeah, I think you're right. And in the backstory of the suit, Darren Cross gets the suit from Egghead, but I didn't understand how. But he is mentioned, if you, if you go and Google Yellow Jacket, Egghead appears as the giver of the suit. So that's kind of cool. I'm glad he's there. He's got his little team there with him. Yeah. There. yeah. I hope Egghead is the nemesis someday. Or even a unique minion somewhere could be fun. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's talk about this as a whole. I, I feel like we're positive. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. If, it was, if I would make one change, it would be for Yellow Jacket's plan to have a special boost that says reveal this card. Hmm. Yeah. That would be my one change. Yeah. Yeah, because being a, just a one boost. Eh, yeah. And then you mm-hmm. lose out on it. But having played against this a couple times, there enough gets revealed, at least in my games. It was fun. It was fun to play against. It had an impact. Really one of the more enjoyable games I've had been with this inside the deck. I wish this were a modular set. Oh, well. A boy can dream. A villain can dream. Well, I mean, why not? Just shuffle it in. Yeah. Why not, folks? You it's heard your it game. here from Mike. It's your game. Yep. Put that in. House rule number 47, Steve. <laughs> Encyclopedia of Critical Encounters Rules. That nemesis sets, for all intents and purposes, can be treated as modular sets. Makes sense. But you can't play that if you play it with the earlier house rule that only the nemesis can deal with it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Because that would be really mean to yourself. No, yeah, you can. Yeah, you can. 
you're, you're playing Iron Man and you shuffle your yellow jacket in and that's it. You're done. <laughs> well, isn't there an Ant-Man ally? Yeah, oh, yeah. Hank Jim. Hank yeah Jim. so you just got to make sure you have that ally and can use it enough. Yeah. All right, Daniel, give us a give us a grade. I'm going to, you know what? I'm going to give this an A minus, guys. I concur. Nice. That's pretty high for me. You know, it's too bad, you know, Shadow of the Past set. So you might see it, what, every four times you play as Ant-Man. I don't know. I don't know what the percentages are on that. I just wish you saw it more. So uh, I'm going to give it an A. And that's inflated for the fun factor. Nothing wrong with that. Steve? I don't, I don't rate them. That's not my job. That's not your job? Okay. That's not my job. I, I like it, though. I like it. I agree with your ratings. Awesome. Awesome. Well, there it is, folks. That's Yellow Jacket and his plan and his theft and his suit and all that. Darren Cross coming at you. Steve, how did these people find us? Do you have a connection on the black market to buy and sell pin particles? Give us your contact information at criticalencounterspod at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. On Discord, we are Vardan, Big Foam Loaf, and Wandering Took. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Daniel, take us out. You think you can stop the future?